You are all so successful. Do you have mentors? Should I have a mentor? This is the question I see posted across so many social networks. It's asked on high-level Facebook groups. I hear conversations about it on Clubhouse. On LinkedIn, people are talking about it. Literally every platform, except Instagram, where people just pose as mentors. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Everyone wants to know the value of mentorship. To me, mentorship is highly valuable. In fact, it's the number one reason I attend conferences with people in my industry. I connect. I'm a huge connector. I love connecting with people. And I always find people that are doing better than me and have accomplished more than me and are smarter than me. Because when you connect with those people and when you surround yourself with those people, the natural tendency is for you to lift up or rise up to that level. You know, they say your network is your net worth, right? And you are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, if you think about that and if you think about the value of that statement, would you rather spend time with five losers or five people who have accomplished more than you? Those are mentors. Mentors don't necessarily have to be people that you have a transactional relationship with. They need to be people that you can watch and learn from and grow from. Chapter four dives into mentorship and gratitude. Enjoy. Helping business owners in growth mode go farther, faster. This is Entree Grow. Chapter four, mentorship. I've already talked about what a big difference Gary Vaynerchuk has made in my life and my business. But I wanted to devote a whole chapter to mentorship because it's just that important. I first met Gary in New York City in 2014 at Lincoln Center. He was speaking at a one-day event with Dave Ramsey and Seth Godin. Now, I'm not sure if Gary remembers meeting me that day, but I totally remember the awkwardness of Dave Ramsey hosting Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's an uber-conservative Christian who I don't think has ever had a swear word pass his lips with a guy who uses F-bombs like breath mints. I was impressed that Dave Ramsey and his team recognized that Gary was something special, despite the style differences. My understanding of Gary goes way back, and I've respected his honesty, his rawness, and the one-to-one relationship he's built with the people viewing his content since 2009. His YouTube presence was super small at the time. Twitter was his big thing back then. Instagram had yet to come to life, and Facebook was really young. I was following Gary way before he had millions of followers. Anyway, I met Gary at that event in New York City, and I also met Seth Godin there. Seth and I had a really interesting conversation on the steps of the stage at Lincoln Center. He said something to me that I'll never forget. Spanky, what is it that you're great at? I looked at him and said, storytelling. He said, then do that. Stay in your lane and put the gas pedal down. That was the advice he gave me. Now, I wasn't looking for sage advice, but that's where the conversation went. It wasn't until 2017 that I truly executed on his advice because of Gary's knowledge and content. Lead with gratitude. I'm one of the thousands of people who show gratitude to Gary in so many ways for all the great value and advice he delivers for free to the world. 
I didn't go to Gary and say, I have this startup, do you want to invest? I didn't approach Gary to offer a stake of ownership. I basically said, hey, thank you. I started this little thing by accident. It's growing. And it's because I follow the stuff you preach every day. It was out of gratitude and thanks and humility that I reached out to him. And he responded. I think he naturally appreciates gratitude. When you don't come to him with an agenda, when you come to him with true gratitude, he responds well to that. That's why I'm able to write emails to Gary and get answers from him. And that's why I have Gary as a mentor. The takeaway here is, if there's someone you've been following and admiring for years, if there's someone giving you a lot of value, don't just reach out with an ask. Just say thanks. You never know what might grow out of that genuine gratitude. If you're feeling it anyway, why not express it to the person? We're all human. Networking like a champ. Lots of people attend conferences, and there's a good reason. I don't attend conferences to go see the speaker and sit there in the breakout sessions at all. In fact, if you're going to conferences for that, you're going for the wrong reason. What you should be going to conferences for is to connect and rub shoulders with the people you need to connect with. As you start down the path of building your business, there are going to be, inevitably, opportunities to attend conferences around your passion, your industry, your business. Find those conferences and spend the money to attend them. By attending these conferences, you'll have access to everyone that's in attendance. Go to the cocktail hours. Attend the brunches. During the breaks, figure out where the traffic is and spend time being visible. Make sure you connect with the people you want to connect with. Don't be the eye-darting leech that scans the room for your next victim. No, spend time with the people you want to talk to. Engage with them. Get their information. Write their names down. Put them in your contacts on your phone. Start a dialogue with people because, at the end of the day, every relationship you build is driving your network growth exponentially. Because that one point of connection could connect you to 10 others, 10 people who have high, high value for what you're doing. You just haven't met them yet. Use conferences like a tool. Be social. Connect, connect, connect. If you're going to be a wallflower and hang out in the back and watch people talk, you're going for the wrong reason. If you're going on the arm of someone and think that just by being next to them, you're going to suddenly be noticed, wrong take. Get out there. Say hi to people. Shake hands, kiss babies, just like a politician. But mean it. Be genuinely happy to meet people and excited. These are people who could potentially change the future of your business. You just don't know it yet. The middle seat always sucks. Or does it? I saw her coming down the aisle of the Southwest flight from Chicago to New York. I realized very quickly that her options were limited to sitting between me and the dude on the aisle or a couple of rows back next to the bathroom. She wound up taking the seat next to me, and I could tell by her face that she just didn't want to be in the middle of these two dudes and have to sit on this flight all the way to New York City. But she sat there. It was the best decision she made that day. Sammy from Chicago is a stylist, a hairstylist. 
this adorable, young, vivacious woman started chatting with me when I looked at her and said, yeah, I hate middle seats too. That broke the ice. She and I started talking, and I asked what she did. She looked super trendy, very fresh. She had style, even though I have none. I I can at least tell when someone has style. She told me she was a hairstylist and then started talking about her passion and how she wanted to teach moms and dads of biracial kids how to take care of their daughter's hair. She also wanted to teach dads in general how to take care of their daughter's hair because most dads don't have a clue as to what to do with girls' hair. I'm raising my hand right now because I'm one of them. I am that guy. So I asked her what her plan was to teach, and she really didn't have a plan. She just knew that she wanted to do something in that space. The rest of the flight, that's all we talked about. I started road mapping a plan for her. The plan we designed in the air that day included holding a free workshop on the Gold Coast of Chicago and advertising it to dads. We're going to show you how to do your daughter's hair. It's a daddy-daughter workshop, a one-day event, and it's free. She could use the salon space she works in or get a salon space somewhere else. I told her that she could register hundreds of people for this free event. And what you can do is, if they all go away with a hair kit, charge for the kit. That way, everybody has all the supplies they need. It's really, really simple. But what it's doing is it's created an incredibly high-level awareness for her brand as a stylist and giving her a ton of street cred at the same time. That was part one of her plan. Part two is she wanted to connect with parents who've either adopted or, because of interracial marriage, have a daughter who's biracial and may not know how to do their daughter's hair. So I said, why reinvent the wheel? Just do a separate event for those parents with a similar setup. So you've got two events coming up, both for free, and they're both achieving the same purpose of building your brand. Now, the thing Sammy has going for her that a lot of other people don't is that she's gorgeous. She's super outgoing. She's bubbly. She has a personality. You put that on camera, and people are going to watch. First, because she's attractive. Second, because she's giving value to the world in terms of hairstyling. She has a very, very specific mission and purpose. Fast forward. On a recent follow-up call, she shared some great news. Sammy found another stylist who's going to work with her as a partner because this event is going to go way bigger than she ever thought. She's putting together the first event of its kind for this particular niche. This isn't to drive sales. This is simply to drive awareness and add value to the community. Period. That's how you build a brand. Key points from Chapter 4. Express gratitude to the people who have helped and inspired you. Don't ask a potential mentor for help or investment. Just say thanks. Spend the money to attend conferences in your industry and go with the express purpose of connecting with other people. Take a cue from Seth Godin and ask yourself, what am I great at? Be open to giving and receiving mentorship anywhere, even in the middle seat. Get specific about your mission and purpose. Then figure out how to give value to people whether it's online or in your local community. 
podcast listeners. I am so grateful for your attention and the time you spend listening to these podcasts. Please do me a favor. If you listen on iTunes or whatever platform you choose, go on, leave me a review. Tell everyone how much the Entree Grow podcast adds value to your life. I would so appreciate it.